Centers can be one of the hardest things for teams to acquire, especially those looking for an elite goal scorer. The Jets have all of the assets to make a play for a big one at this year's trade deadline, one that can push them from a playoff contender to a championship favorite. We'll dive into who the Jets should target on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for joining us on tonight's episode. I am your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Of course, thanks for making us your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more because new customers can get $200 in bonus bets if their best bet at $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now to get started. Now, like I said, tonight's episode, we are talking about more centers as the Jets are approaching the trade deadline. It's only a few months away, and with Winnipeg or well, honestly, even a few weeks away, if you really think about it, the, the Jets are, are definitely in on it. And I think Winnipeg knows that this is a year where a, a single acquisition or maybe even two acquisitions could be all the difference in turning your team from a contender to a favorite. And I think for, for Winnipeg's perspective, the Jets are really looking for an elite top six piece that can push this team over the hump. Now, I, I've talked about whether that's the best approach or if they sh should maybe look at a, uh, a depth by committee sort of thing where you acquire three pieces and hope to turn that into like, uh, you know, a, a real contender. But I think with the Jets, right, Winnipeg has the assets to really play it big. And I think there are some centers out there who could really fit the bill as a guy that could slide right behind Mark Shifley and boost this team into a truly immense, almost unstoppable threat. And look, it may not work out at the end of the day, but you know what? You got to swing and hope for the best. That's what every season is. And if there, if there was ever a year where it felt like the playoff field was wide open and the Jets could really make hay, this has got to be one of them. So we talked about some centers yesterday using names like Casey Middlestadt. Uh, we talked about Venberg, Schmaltz. These are some guys I've talked about on the, you know, on like past podcast episodes, maybe even last season or in previous years where we had some trade targets that we were looking at again for depth trades. Now Winnipeg is really trying to punch above its weight and go for some bigger guys. And I think this year has a really interesting selection of players that could potentially maybe waive their trade clauses and come to the Jets. One guy who is of potential interest is Yanni Gord. And Gord has always put up really good underlying numbers. I know that his scoring, uh, like box scores, may not look crazy. And I think this year, especially because he's rocking like a sub 7% uh, shooting percentage, things are looking grim. He's only got 20 points in 48 games, but you have to remember the Kraken are not particularly good. And in previous years, He's hovered anywhere from like 45 to 48, maybe even 50 points. It's really funny that he has multiple 48-point seasons because that's a really specific scoring record, but he's got three of those. He's also got a 64-point season, and he's had some 30 to 35-point years. So you have a whole range of, of scoring rates, and you've also had a whole range of deployments. He's played everything from like third line minutes to nearly first line minutes, uh, maybe more like high-end second line minutes. 
His role has also changed depending on the team that he's been with. With the Lightning, of course, he was like a really good middle six depth center. And with the Kraken, he's taken on a little bit more of a prominent role, although his ice time has kind of been a little bit up and down. With Gord, you have a really good 5v5 player who's got a great shot, who's excellent down low, and who is an absolute menace in the corners. Uh, sometimes it does get him into trouble. He has a fair few number of penalty minutes, and that is, is certainly not something that you want to see as much of. You want him to be disciplined and smart and play with an edge, but maybe not like get suspended, right? So Gord, I think, would be an interesting fit for the Jets. I think, you know, he's got a pretty good face-off winning percentage, which Rick will love, and he's also really skilled. I, I think a lot of his skill, especially in tight spaces, is underappreciated, and he actually scores a fair few number of goals. He doesn't have elite, elite, you know, points production, but given his ice time, I think his scoring rates are really good, and there's a lot to like with him. I think in terms of players that I would be willing to perhaps take a gamble on with a slightly higher cap hit, He's a guy that would potentially be worth shelling out for. And if the Kraken are willing to sell him at a discounted rate, especially because he's not exactly cheap cap hit wise, and he's not getting younger, I think Winnipeg should be all over it. He would be a very good complimentary center. I think he could kind of be like an upgraded version of Nemestikov. And I think for, for Winnipeg, this is a guy who, you know, you get him for another season after this, you convince him to come to the Jets. You've got a really fun team player who would honestly fit in great with this offense. So I think he'd be a great option if, say, Middlestat maybe isn't an option or costs too much asset-wise. Um, and look, he's not going to maybe hit the same offensive heights, but he's going to be really friggin' good, and I think that's perhaps the most important part. Another guy that the Jets could potentially take a look at, uh, and I'm not going to say that this is all that likely, I honestly don't know what the Isles are planning this year, but Brock Nelson, another guy with another season on his contract after this this year, he is on the older side, and you look at his career, he's really been uh, a typically underappreciated center, a guy who has been one of New York's most consistent performers. He spent his whole career there. My guess is he probably spends the rest of his career there, but maybe things change. You know, he's been a pretty beastly center the last couple of years. I know last season was one of his best ever, posting 75 points. I don't really expect that to be the sort of crazy level of scoring that he has with Winnipeg, but maybe on a team that's got even more offensive talent, his true ability to be a game changer down in the slot area becomes more noticeable, right? This is a player who at times has gotten closer to uh, a point per game than not, although, you know, it's only really elevated the last season or two. Typically, you're looking at him more at like, you know, a 50 to 60 point sort of player. I think on the Jets, he could do even more damage, uh, especially considering the fact that, you know, he'd be sliding in right behind Mark Shifley and he'd have some really high end uh, line mates. Whereas with the Islanders, I don't know that he's had as much of a, you know, great supporting cast. And I feel like, you know, as a guy who's generally shooting around 13% and is both good on the power play and also at even strength, there's a lot to like in his game that I think would very much translate to Winnipeg. And he's a huge center, right? He's like 6'4". He's got excellent hand-eye coordination. Uh, I think he'd be a really intriguing option if the Jets could convince him to leave. Now, again, I kind of put him in a slightly less likely category just because I feel like I don't know. I get the sense that he's like an Islander for life. That's just my general vibe with the way that he's really committed his whole career there. But maybe, 
in the last year and a half of his deal, he starts rethinking things, maybe gives it more of a thought and realizes, you know, I don't have a lot of seasons left. I got to make the most of my career. I've spent my whole life playing for one team. Maybe it's time for a change of scenery. My guess is he would have that change of heart more like next year, and we'll have to see. I mean, again, if you're looking for a savvy veteran center with a great scoring record, soft hands, and the size and and physicality to not be um, bullied around, I mean, Brock is one of those guys who I could easily envision playing for the Jets. He's also from Minnesota, so you know, right a hop, skip over, and uh, right a hop, skip, and jump over the border to get back home. uh, Relatively speaking. Who knows, right? There's a thought there, but hey, if he's willing to come to the Jets and Winnipeg could get a reasonable uh, trade price for him, uh, he could be like Winnipeg's answer to Paul Stastny now that we no longer have Paul Stastny, uh, a player who no one expects to to see traded, one that no one had on their radar, but suddenly ends up in Winnipeg. That's the Chevy special. Let's hope that he's got that in store. Now, there's even more centers for the Jets to potentially consider, maybe some guys who are a little bit more on the fringes of the trade market, either because they're really valuable to their teams or because they're young and squads don't want to quite give uh, give them up yet. But we'll get to that in just a little bit. Before then, though, I wanted to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. For those of you who are rooting for either the Niners or Chiefs, obviously this is a great time for you. You're having a blast. As a Ravens fan, it's a little bit more of a bittersweet Super Bowl for me, but I'll still probably watch for the commercials and all the zaniness that tends to follow. Sometimes watching the Super Bowl is also just great because you get to witness some sort of sports history. I wish it was for the Ravens, but it is what it is. No matter what, though, I could win even more by betting with FanDuel because they've got uh, great categories for you to bet on Super Bowl 58 in, whether it's which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored total, and so much more. Best of all, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets with a first bet of $5 or more that wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now to get started and sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are diving into uh, the Jets and their center questions. Obviously, players on the trade market, players not on the trade market, maybe guys that the Jets have sort of back pocketed for future trade negotiations, or maybe they're just giving up totally and looking at different positions. I bet you, though, they've got somebody down the middle that no one's expecting, a la Paul Stastny. We all remember how that trade went. It was pretty great, pretty awesome, and I think we all have very fond memories of Stastny being such a difference maker on Winnipeg's championship run a few years ago. Now, we've considered a number of centers already. It's time to keep going down the list and seeing maybe some affordable options, maybe some guys that are perhaps not nearly as high on my uh, most wanted list, but could still be good. Let's start with Adam Henrique, because I feel like Henrique has been linked to the Jets recently. Before we talk about Henrique, though, just wanted to let you know something really cool that the Locked On Network has done. They are offering one of the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channels on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with our local experts and our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, like I said, Adam Henrique 
Uh, longtime Anaheim Duck, former New Jersey Devil, has played, you know, quite a few seasons in this league and has had a bit of a reputation as being an underrated center. Henrique is not that player these days. I think in terms of what you're getting from Adam, you're getting a, a solid middle six center who can perhaps move the needle shooting percentage-wise, but maybe isn't as great uh, on the defensive side as he used to be. He's also, you know, definitely one of those players who I think... <sighs> I, I like him. I don't know that he moves the needle enough for me, but by the same token, because he's not really potting like 6,000 points every year, but instead has generally been around a 40 to 45 point score, he could actually be a really savvy ad if the Jets were trying to keep things relatively cheap. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that Henrik is going to be a bargain price because I don't know that that's necessarily the case. If Winnipeg could potentially turn Appleton in like a second rounder or something into uh, Henrik, I'd be much more interested in that sort of trade package than going all in with like a huge first rounder. Maybe the Ducks ask the sun, the moon, and the stars for Adam, but I tend to think a veteran player like him probably shouldn't be a crazy expensive package, maybe a mid-tier prospect in there somewhere. I don't know that the Jets have to really go all in for this kind of guy, but Adam for me would be... He'd be a decent player, right? He could be a, a versatile middle six center, a guy who can slide up and down your lineup, which I think for the Jets would be important because they've had to do a number of different line changes thanks to injuries over the past few months. Uh, and, you know, you probably don't lose too much with him being maybe like a break-even sort of player defensively. So Henrik with the Jets, I, I could see it. I think that there's a fit there and a congruency, and I don't know that he'd really be like the most expensive player to try and acquire. So maybe there's actually a fit. He's also a really good face-off expert. So for Rick, that's a guy he would actually play. And I suppose that so long as that doesn't override the amount of skill that he has, I can live with it. But like I said, you know, I, I don't have Henrik ranked super highly on my list of centers. I think he's good. I don't know that he's necessarily the highest rated player that I'm really after. Um, if I would have to try and choose between him and like Lindholm, I don't know. It would really depend on like the Lindholm price, right? I've talked about Elias as being a guy who, thanks to his recent scoring drought, might not be as expensive as he used to be. I like Elias for his history more so than the recent kind of play that we've seen from him. Lindholm's definitely a skilled scorer and somebody who could probably uh, reignite his finishing with the Jets would probably be both a boost at even strength and on the power play. But again, right, if you're looking for a cost sort of uh, a, like a cost benefit analysis. I kind of think Henrik might actually be the better value. He doesn't have like the, the crazy level of suitors that I think Lindholm might. Um, that's not to say that I know what's going on behind closed doors, but I suspect that Elias's reputation might precede him. And that's why, you know, teams might be really lining up to try and snag him out from under the jets or the abs or one of these other teams that's considered a top contender. Now, Behind all of that is one name that I've seen uh, perhaps discussed on Twitter, somebody that I've re recently thought about because he's got a really good contract uh, in terms of the term and price. He's got like another year or so left and he's under well under five million. I think he's around three and a half or so million per season. That's Igor Sharangovich. Sharangovich, uh, some call him Sharangovich recently because he's been a bit of a menace for the Flames. Uh, Sharangovich has really punched above his weight this year. And like, I didn't really think that he'd get along as well as he has with Calgary because like their offense is not great. But Sharangovich has fit in like a glove. He's shooting a whopping almost 20% this season. But if you look at his career, 
even when he's shooting like 14%, he's still scoring anywhere from 15 to 20 goals, which is pretty nice as a tertiary score. And it's not like he's had, you know, tons and tons of ice time. He's generally doing this with like, I would say second line-ish minutes, 17 or so on average per game, which is decent, uh, but perhaps not crazy. This year, though, we've really seen him take flight. He's got 20 goals uh, and 15 assists this year, which for a dude who doesn't have a particularly long track record at the NHL level, I think is very impressive. I think he's really uh, he's really fit in nicely for the Flames offense, which really hasn't done a lot this year. And also, hilariously, he has like three shorthanded goals. So apparently, if you put him on the PK, there's a good chance he's going to streak in and score. Perhaps an interesting player for Winnipeg special teams. He does actually have a fair few power play points this year, which is nice. I think he would probably go on the second unit, is my guess, unless the Jets wanted him to be maybe a half-wall kind of player. Uh, I'd be curious if he would fit in Winnipeg's line, because I feel like you'd probably ask him to be like your second-line center, but who knows? Maybe the Jets would envision him uh, being a wide attacker instead, where he can use that really powerful release of his. He's a really skilled player. He's also relatively young. Uh, I'd be curious to know if there would any like be like a, a thought of an extension at some point after his contract ends. But if you only have him for a year or two, I think that's perfectly fine. He's a really good player. Uh, I think a very exciting watch. He's got great skating. He's very gifted, and he's relatively sizable. So. Winnipeg could potentially come away with a huge win, uh, although he won't be cheap as my guess. I would suspect that he's going to cost a fair few assets, and whether you know that beats out maybe somebody like Middlestat's a bit of a question for another day. So something to consider. But you know the Jets have legit options. I think I'm I'm very intrigued by guys like Sharon Govich, uh, in part because he projects to potentially be a really crazy score for the Jets if you play your cards right. But you know, one other name that does kind of have a, a similar sort of thought process for me is Morgan Frost. And this is a guy that I, I referred to uh, or sort of alluded to maybe not being on the market. I mentioned that, you know, he's a young piece. And with him starting to finally find a stride with the Flyers, maybe they're not quite as keen to let him go yet. Uh, he's got like 22 points in f uh, around 40 games this year. Last year, he had 46 points. He's had a really nice um, balance of, of even strength scoring and a couple of power play uh, points here and there. Uh, I got to see him, I think, have an assist the other night on the power play. Um, but he is a very skilled player. I feel like he also has the potential for a lot of growth, especially with the Jets team that could, quite frankly, use his skill set. The only thing is that because he doesn't particularly win all that many faceoffs and he's not like the biggest player, I do sort of wonder if Bones maybe wouldn't use him in the sort of role that would make him thrive. And I hate to say that, but I feel like, you know, when you look at Henrique versus a guy like Frost, that's going to be a consideration that comes up repeatedly because, you know, with Bones, he's you, you got to check, you got to like check off his boxes or you're going to struggle to really find a lot of ice time. I mean, he won't even use Ehlers uh, with a full strength lineup in the sort of role that really suits Ehlers, which is first line duty, right? There really shouldn't be any question about that. And yet we know that that continues to be a bit of a concern. So all of these players, you know, I, I constantly ask myself, is this a player that Bones would give a lot of ice time to? And it's, it's a trick, tricky situation to figure out, but Hopefully, you know, at some point this sort of stuff sort of changes and we start seeing some really good skill uh, being deployed because I feel like Rick is open to it in the right circumstances. It just 
You know, he's got his role players. He's got his very specific vision of how he wants his team set up. And sometimes he doesn't always waver off of that. So when you think about centers that the Jets might acquire, always keep that in the back of your mind because that's going to bring, you know, some sort of condition for what makes a trade worth it for the Jets. Now, on the back end of things, you know, we haven't really talked about defenders in part because I feel like that's not really one of my focuses for this offseason or for this uh, upcoming trade deadline. But hey, you know, if the Jets could make the right swap on the back end, maybe, you know, the Jets could add even more defensive skill and puck moving ability with the right trade. We'll talk about what candidates could make sense and whether there are really that many options out there in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on these closing thoughts on tonight's episode as we are talking about uh, defenders, right? We've talked about a number of centers. Not every name uh, I, I've talked about. You know, I had a couple of extra guys, maybe like Alex Kerfoot, you know, solid depth players who could potentially contribute to Winnipeg's goal scoring in the tertiary sense. But one area that I've consistently gotten feedback from from folks in the comments is talking about Winnipeg's need for a defender, which is interesting because when you think about it, the Jets have team-wise one of the strongest defensive records in the whole league. And it's not just Hellebuck and Brassois being really good. Winnipeg defensively plays a really tight system where they constantly try to force turnovers. They try to correct for their mistakes and, and uh maybe lapses in corners and stuff. And they are very aggressive on second chance pucks that, you know, they try to win away from their opponents. So in a lot of respects, I don't know that the jets are urgently needing like a big trade for a defender. That said, if you can make the upgrade and you can get say a Jakob Chikrin, that's where I start to think about it a little bit more. Uh, Chikrin is going to be the first guy that we talk about. You know, historically, he's been a really good top four defender with a big shot, smart passing, strong skating. And he also had a huge injury spat through, you know, the first couple of seasons. He's since been pretty healthy. This year with the Sens has not been nearly as, you know, positive for him as I think he was expecting. Ottawa's taken a step back. His underlying numbers have been not, not great, if we're being honest. But I think you just sort of have to expect that if he comes to the Jets, which is a much more disciplined, much more well-rounded and deeper team with a clear structure, he might actually really start to take off. And he'd also really be a big boost for Winnipeg's back-end scoring because he's got smart offensive instincts, he activates aggressively, and he knows how to make use of his great passing and vision. So Chikrin, he's a really good player. He's also got a little bit of time left on his contract, if I recall correctly. And with his cap hit being really modest, uh, if you can make a swap with him into your top four, you are loving life. I mean, he would be phenomenal for the Jets. I, I feel pretty confident in, in saying that. I really don't think you can go wrong. And if anything does go wrong, he's probably a trade, like a player that you could pretty easily trade again and still get some sort of assets back in return. So there's an option. Uh, Sean Walker's also been getting some attention. Uh, Sean, uh, you know, with the Flyers, and even with the Kings has been a pretty decent, you know, second pairing defender this year. He's added some offensive jump to his game and has generally been really effective in transition. In terms of where I sort of rank him, I kind of look at him as as, as kind of like one of those Dylan DeMello-y type players, right? A guy who will have some limitations to his game, but the overall net value that he's going to provide you is pretty darn strong. And I feel like with the Jets, 
they've built their defense to be a very specific way where you might not have like a number one top end elite defender for every pairing, but you've got guys who generally counterbalance each other's weakness as well and do enough to get the job done. My only concern with Walker is that he perhaps doesn't move the needle as much as perhaps a, a chicken would, right? You've got a solid top four defender, but maybe not somebody that I think the Jets would need to shell out crazy assets for. And if the Flyers are asking for a first plus, I'm not sure I'm as intrigued by that as perhaps some of the other options the Jets might be considering. One last name that I thought about, and, and I've, I've liked this player before, and I've talked about him on previous episodes, uh, previous seasons as well. Shane Gostaspare. Uh, Gostaspare has bounced around a couple of teams, and most recently he's been with the Red Wings, and he's been pretty good there. I feel like even though he's a lefty, I would still be interested in the services, especially as a guy who could be a really effective puck mover. And if the Jets were able to figure out a way to maybe swap somebody to their offside and have Gostaspare operate as one of your, uh, you know, puck movers, uh, especially for like power play scoring and passing and perimeter creation. I think that there's a legitimate need for him to fill on this back end. And if you can maybe turn uh, Nate Schmidt's cap hit into Gostaspare, I could very much see that being a worthwhile addition. And Gostaspare might not be crazy expensive for the Jets to acquire. I don't think he'd be cheap. And I have to do, you know, I do have to wonder what in Detroit's plan is because uh, I know we've talked about Red Wings forwards before. They seem like they're pretty intent on making the postseason. So if that's their plan, Gostaspare is probably not on the board. But if he is available and he becomes uh, an asset that's not super expensive in terms of futures, I wouldn't mind that upgrade. But I think for the most part, this trade deadline should really focus on forwards, right? Winnipeg doesn't really need to do a lot with the back end, and I think they have internal options that could honestly do about as much of uh, uh, an improvement for Winnipeg's puck moving ability as one of the big trade options without maybe sacrificing, you know, the firstborn son for all of these different uh blue liners, especially guys with bigger contracts. Now, Shikran is one of the few that I'd be willing to make an exception for, but other than that, I just don't really feel like the Jets should invest their assets there. I think you really want to go for a big center. Middle stat, for me, still makes the most sense. I think that there's a reasonable extension in place that you could make, um, and especially with him coming home in a lot of respects just across the border, it's it's too much of a natural fit for both parties. Whether the Jets could actually get middle stat out of Buffalo is a bigger question, but all signs point to the Jets having uh, all the chips on the table. And with uh, apparently Elias Lindholm now being linked to the Vancouver Canucks in a big trade, you know, that's one less target that the Jets really have to worry about and not somebody that I was too keen on anyways. So let's look for a center. Let's look for forward scoring help. And I think that would be a much better use of Winnipeg's assets than trying to fortify a back end that as is gets the job done and is pretty effective at what it does. So let me know what you're looking for, whether you think the Jets should go for a big defender or do you think uh, in sort of the vein of really focusing on offense. I think the more scoring the Jets can have, they're going to have a much better playoff run than trying to focus on locking it down because as a team collectively, they already do a pretty darn good job of that. But give me your thoughts on that below or at my social media as NHLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. On tomorrow's episode, we'll probably have some more trade deadline stuff and some thoughts for Winnipeg's games next week, and perhaps even some trade analysis from what looks like a developing trade for Elias Lindholm between Vancouver and Calgary, all coming up hopefully within the next hour or two. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. 
Thanks so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We'll see you back here tomorrow for even more Winnipeg Jets coverage, so don't go anywhere. Have a great night, and as always, go Jets go.